The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Rena Campbell is a marketing strategist, content creator, and host of the Dreams in Drive podcast, a podcast she launched in January 2016 that teaches creatives and lifestyle entrepreneurs how to take their dreams out of park and into drive. With over 130 episodes in her arsenal and streaming in over 100 countries, she has interviewed top leaders in lifestyle and business and was featured as an empowering podcast by Essence Magazine and a top business podcast for Black Voices on Apple Podcasts. She is a 2013 graduate of Princeton University and a proud alum of the Emma Bowen Foundation Media Program. Raina's work has been featured on Madame Noir, Blavity, Huffington Post, Fox 5, Good Day New York, Princeton Alumni Weekly, and more. When she isn't helping clients grow their brands and businesses or podcasting, Raina enjoys her fashion photography skills, taking her favorite heels, dance class, snuggling up with a good book or movie, and writing poetry. You can connect with Raina on her social media accounts at Love and at Dreams and Drives or by visiting RainaCampbell.com or DreamsandDrive.com. Family, let's welcome Raina to the Minding My Black Business Podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. All right, Minding My Black Business family. You know what? We are about six months into our podcasting journey, and so I definitely want to say I am so excited for today's guest, Um, and partially because every now and then I get enough courage (laughs) to send out an email to someone that I would like to have a really good conversation with, and um, Raina was so gracious of her time um, and responded so quickly um, to my email about joining us on the show, and so I am so excited for her to be here. So today we have Raina Campbell of the Dreams and Drive podcast. So thank you, Raina, for being on the Minding My Black Business podcast. Hi, Janae. I am so, you know, excited to be on your show today. It's always fun when I get to sit back and relax in the guest seat. You know, no pressure, right? Right? Absolutely, absolutely. So I have, ooh, um, I am definitely going to to ask you some really, um, I've been, I've been, there's so many things that you have put out there um, that I would like to ask you about. But before I do that, before I get into my questions, um, could you share a little bit about, um, introduce yourself a little bit to the family and then let them know where they can find you? All right. Well, hey, everyone. I'm Raina, and I'm the host of the Dreams and Drive podcast, which is a podcast I created back in January 2016, which is 
all about, you know, helping creative and lifestyle entrepreneurs learn how to take their dreams out of parking into drive. And I started it because I was always interested in learning the how, right? You, you see all these people, you, you see the brands they're building, but I always wondered, like, what did that person have to do to get there? So the podcast was the natural evolution of my different um, events that led up to that. Like, I used to blog. I used to, you know, blog on my own site. I used to write for other, other media outlets. Let's um, beyond the podcast, I also work full-time in marketing. So I guess my day job is I'm a content marketer. Mm-hmm. I work uh, in the e-commerce fulfillment and logistics space. So it's not sexy so much, but I definitely do learn a lot about the behind the scenes of business. I'm a 2013 graduate of Princeton University. So yeah, I do rep, I rep my tiger communities pretty hard. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And, and um, wait, what was the other part of the question? I'm here rambling. I forgot got what you said no yeah. you're good um and okay. let them know where they can find you so what, okay what? yeah so you can definitely check out the podcast if you want to listen to it uh on apple Podcasts, soundcloud google play spotify wherever you listen to audio and we are on social across the board on facebook twitter and instagram at dreams and drive and then my personal uh social handles is just rain r-a-i-n shine s-h-i-n-e l-u-v love i really should probably change it but i've had it since high school and it's just stuck so mm-hmm. i do have a professional handle but i don't really use it i just use my rain shine love for my, my personal one <laughs> all right so what we'll do is make sure we put all that information in the show notes um in case you happen to be out and about and not able to write those down so that they can definitely check out dreams and drive if they haven't already um to hear some very wonderful podcast episodes so congratulations on being a a, a graduate of princeton Thank um, you. And also, congratulations for two years under your belt uh, with Dreams and Drive. That is phenomenal. Thank you. You know, it's funny. I always say, like, I never thought when I first launched it, you know, I didn't, I didn't even think I would get to, like, 10 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So, so amazing to have over 130 episodes in the arsenal now. So, definitely for anyone listening in, like, don't limit yourself because you really don't know what you're capable of until you keep on executing, right? Right. And that actually leads smoothly right into my first question. And so what have you learned about yourself um, in these two years of doing the podcast? The first thing that comes to mind, Janae, I know like this may sound a little egotistical, but I think I learned about myself is that I have a natural gift that I think I've been um, avoiding or not really embracing. So um, when I was younger, my my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Brooks, I'll never forget. He gave me the nickname Chatty Kathy because wow. he told me I was always talking, right? Yeah. But I was I was very good at academics. Like I was very good on that front, but I always used to get in trouble for talking too much, right? Mm. And I used to love to read and all this stuff. My mom really thought I was gonna be like a news broadcaster or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really like news in that regards and so it's just funny now that I have a podcast I feel like it's been this this thing it's like the natural culmination of all my life events so far and all my career interests and all my passions it's just like the perfect fit for everything that I've ever done but I think when I look back when I look back you know 
at me as a as a child I definitely think I had that in me but as I got older you know through high school and through college I didn't really nurture my love for storytelling and my love for hearing other people's stories and interviewing Mm -hmm. as much as I could have until post-college I get that. I understand that completely because that is one of the things that sort of interests me and only, you know, in terms of like listening to your show mm-hmm. but then having the opportunity to interview people like yourself too and just sort of being able to understand how people make the decisions they do, particularly when it comes to like entrepreneurship. So yeah, think- and people, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was going to say, and people, to continue with your question, I think that people, I get a lot of comments where people are saying, you know, we love your questions. You're always asking what we we wanted to ask, or I love the way that you really get guests to open up. And it's that thing that I've learned that if people are telling you the same thing over and over and over, Mm -hmm. and you're seeing the same patterns and you're getting these positive reactions from people, you need to listen to that, right? It could Mm -hmm. be really teaching you something about what your purpose is and what your, what your mission in life is. And I think that the podcast, I know it might sound very dreamy or spiritual to say this, but I definitely definitely feel like it's leading me to a greater cause um, and really helping me to believe in my gifts more Mm. and to not feel like I have to be something else. And it's perfectly fine that what I'm good at is talking. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost, Rena, it's almost like you've seen my questions because I promise you the next question is connected to what you just said. Oh my God. I'm psychic. (laughs) I didn't tell you that. I'm psychic. (laughs) You need to play the lotto tonight. Okay. (laughs) I don't believe in a lot of like I'm one of those people who I hate like I hate risk like that mm-hmm. so like I just like I don't I, I can't play the lotto I would get mad if I didn't win so oh yeah 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 you're absolutely right I understand that <laughs> so one of the things that you have um are offering in addition to the podcast is you have some um consultation services for those who are podcasters mm-hmm. and so what was the brain behind that or what what inspired that um, service that you're offering to us? Well, I think what the first thing that inspired it was just trying to monetize my brand. Mm-hmm. I think I tried several routes. I tried the ads, like getting sponsors for the show. Mm-hmm. And because my downloads may not be like, mid-roll level or like these huge podcasts, like it was really hard to attract sponsors that were, you know, paying thousands of dollars to to be one of these top 20 Apple podcast shows. So I tried to go a different route where, you know, just reaching out to people one-on-one and getting sponsors that way. And it was still difficult. So I said, okay, what's something else? Like, what am I good at? What are some other revenue streams that I can uh, create to really bring in some money for the show that I'll actually enjoy doing? Because that's the thing where we could create all types of services, but if you don't actually want to do it, it's going to be hard to put in the work. So I've been getting a lot of questions about podcasting from a lot of other podcasters or creatives who are thinking about podcasting. And I was part of a mastermind group that was run by this woman named Sophia Satterwhite. And I remember we had, it was a six month mastermind. We, we spoke biweekly with two other women and they were always on me every month about like monetizing my, my, my services and like my gifts in a sense, right? Helping people tell their stories, helping people create platforms. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know what, let me just put it out there. And if nobody buys and at least I tried. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I did it, I got like two or three clients in the first week. And I said, wow, people will, will pay for me and people need this because yeah. I think, 
I was really nervous about, I think I was like underestimating my ability to deliver. Mm. And when I, after I did those first three consultations and the feedback I got, I just, I'm mad that I waited so long to get started. Right. (laughs) I was like, dang, I could have been getting, you know, more clients this whole time. And I was just so scared. So definitely it was a, it was a moment for me to realize that when you sit in fear, you're holding yourself back from possibility. Mm -hmm. And I just, first of all, I wanted to make money. And I knew that, you know, if I wanted to grow and scale the brand that I couldn't keep running from the core of what makes a business a business, which is revenue. Absolutely. Otherwise you're volunteering. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And one day, you know, it's always in my dream to one day be able to do this full time. So it's like, all right, Raina, you gotta, you can't be so scared to charge people like everybody else out here is doing that. Right. Right. And you definitely have valuable gifts to offer. So, um, that's phenomenal. So, um, and talking about sort of not getting encompassed by fear and just sort of stepping out there and owning your gifts, one of the things, one of your most recent episodes, you talked about um, your journey to the Route 100. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and My sinister is, journey. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. And I was like, hmm. So it definitely uh, created a lot of light bulb moments for me in terms of, um, you know, the path that you think, the traditional path may not necessarily be how you get there. And so, you know, think all outside of the box in order to get to your dream. So in terms of entrepreneurs, what do you think are some things that we often get trapped by? Like um, when it comes to building our brand, building our business, what are some like common things that seem to trip us up um, as entrepreneurs? The first thing I thought of was other people. Mm. I think sometimes like we all play this comparison game. I know I do it all the time, especially when I first started, like you have this idea and you're about to press like play on the dream, right? Right. And then you see somebody else with the same idea or then you see somebody else with a competing idea and you start to doubt yourself. Right. And it's like, should I press play? No, let me let me just wait a little bit or let me just hang out and see what they do. That's been a big thing that I've seen in my own life and like my friends lives and my clients lives is really getting caught up in this comparison game. And also other people in the sense of what will other people think about me? Mm -hmm. I come from a Caribbean family. I talk about this on my show a lot. It's like I think something that has held me back, although at the same time, they've been a great source of encouragement for me, Mm -hmm. has been this desire to want to please my parents Mm -hmm. and make my parents proud, make sure that, you know, they're they're supportive of what I do and making sure that I'm like making the sensible decision. Mm -hmm. And now looking back at it, I'm 26 now and it's just like, there are things in my life that I wish that, um, I didn't care so much about what they thought. It's it's like not even parents. It could be anyone, right? Like we're constantly seeking validation from people who don't really, who aren't doing what we're trying to do. Like I read this quote, like, you know, you shouldn't take advice from someone whose life you wouldn't want to live, right? Mm. So it's like, how can I take my parents' advice on podcasting or on choosing a career when their lives are totally different, right? So I think right. it's that whole idea, again, of stepping out from fear and stepping out on faith mm-hmm. and just really 
trusting yourself and knowing that, you know what, if you fail, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But I think it hurts even more to look back and be like, but what if I hadn't thought about what mommy and daddy was going to say about this decision, right? Mm Because at the end of the day, they live their lives and I have to live mine. So that's something that I think I see it in my own circle a lot is this constant need for validation and this constant um, you know, comparison, I think it's just being scared to take that first step. Mm-hmm. That's what stops a lot of people is just overthinking it. Sometimes, as um one of my guests said, Alori Swank, you have to just jump and build your wings on the way down. I love that. Yes, yes. And I think, so I've talked about the the comparison trap as well. And someone pointed out to me that when she has gotten caught up in that comparison trap, the thing that she's realized when she's on the other side of that, and that's sort of in a rearview mirror, mm-hmm. is you also don't know what it took for that person to get there. So I'm just right? looking at the very surface level of their success, but I don't know what has happened along the way to get them at that point. Um, so, yeah. You know what I I think about when you say that as well? It's often funny when, like, people have scandals, right? Like, you, mm-hmm. let's say you, you think of somebody who is, like, so famous or so successful, and then the scandal breaks out and all the intimate details of their lives get, you know, thrown out to the public, and you realize, wow, like, that person's regular just like me. Right. Or it's kind of like when you meet a celebrity in real life, and you're like, wow, like, without their makeup, that person is, like, just a regular, regular person just like me. You know what I mean? So it's always remembering that at the core, we all have like the same things and you never know what someone's story is. And when you on social media, it's so hard nowadays because people are curating this life, but you have mm-hmm. to remember you're only seeing what they want you to see. Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. That's right. all you're seeing <laughs> is a cur- curated life, not That's their it. real life. That's it's it. their social media, not their real media. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. You're right because a lot of a lot of accounts would be deactivated if it was their real real media. Yeah, <laughs> like I even try to tell people for me, me too. It's like I don't want people to think that I have it all all together all the time because you know, like you know, we don't. And if if you go into situations knowing that the person is not perfect, mm-hmm. I think that will help you not compare yourself as much because you never know what that person like what demons that person could be dealing with or you know what things in that person's life could you know could be could be affecting them right you're absolutely right yep you're absolutely right so um and talking about black perfection (laughs) Mm -hmm. today uh, there was a grand unveiling of the official smithsonian portraits of uh president barack yes auntie michelle she was looking fly come on (laughs) so i watched the whole broadcast from the hill um that was broadcasting through facebook and uh watching the speeches from the artists amy uh sherrod and kahinde wiley who Mm -hmm. um did both of the the portraits and um it was such just sort of like a dripping with melanin moment that I so appreciated um, for Black History Month. But um, when Michelle was talking, she talked about when she met Amy, um, the artist, that they had like a sister girl moment. Um, And that it was just sort of an instant connection and knowing that they were sort of just vibing off each other's energy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious for you, as you meet entrepreneurs and doing your podcasting, when has that happened for you? When have you had like a sister girl moment with someone you might not have known, but in doing the podcast, you felt really connected to that person. And what was it about? 
damn that's oh man i'm thinking about because i think that's what i like about my show or my topic is Mm -hmm. because it's not well i'll I'll give you a more specific example and i hope i don't mess up her last name because she was teaching me how to say it (laughs) when i interviewed her last week but um i interviewed this plus size blogger um nadia apples oh my god Nadia A, right? And she's a plus size blogger. And she told me that she hadn't done interviews for like three years because a lot of people just only wanted to talk reality show topics. And I was really nervous going into the interview with her because, you know, she's this big, you know, influencer, online influencer, model, designer. And here she was, like, she came into the interview, like, hey, girl, like, I love Aww. your show. Like, you know, I love your, I love your whole mission. And she just felt so at ease. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that, like, sometimes people just want to talk real stuff and not yeah. superficial stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you give someone this opportunity to tell parts of their story that maybe other people don't really care about because nowadays on social media when you're this big time person people just want to know who you're dating you know who you're sleeping with the drama and it can be really really relaxing just to talk life and just to talk progress and just to talk um you know just self-development and all these things and I could I could tell from talking to her that it was a a release for her as well. And I just love those moments. Um, recently, I had an episode that was released today with Lucinda Cross, where she talked about how she, um, she went to prison at 19 for basically she, she was part of a drug uh, conspiracy case. She wow. took a, a couple trips to Thailand mm-hmm. when she was 19 in college and she transported drugs back to the U.S. and she didn't think she would get caught, but she ended up spending almost five years in prison mm-hmm. at 19 years old. And we just got really real about like not even her going to prison, but the things that really impact her from before that, right? You know, mm-hmm. growing up with just her mother, um, feeling like when she went to college and she was alone and feeling ashamed to ask for help and all this other stuff. So I think those moments where you're able to vibe with other people and just like not even talk tactical things, but just right. talk about things that you want somebody else to talk about or you you think that are important but you don't often get the platform to tell it because nowadays people just want to harp on the the you know things that can make you go viral really quickly mm-hmm. so those have been moments that come to mind for me that i think really stand out where i feel like they opened up and it's hard to get people to open up and you're not even like looking at them it's just over you know over internet connection right so that's been those moments for me yeah I hear you. So getting at their humanness as opposed mm-hmm. to like being provocative or scandalous. Yeah. yeah. And that's what makes people remember you. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what makes people want to share with their audience and feel like I'm, I'm really big on like speaking to people's souls. And when you can have that soul conversation, that's the stuff you never forget. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, um, 
you know, one of the things that I, even in just what you've just said and all the questions that you've answered so far and listening as you speak and then your own podcast episodes, whether they're solo episodes or interview episodes, there is just a, such a level of transparency and vulnerability that you have. Um, and then I think sort of trickles down into your guests that you create an environment mm-hmm. that makes it safe and then they, they sort of step out there with you. And so how do you determine um, how much you'll share, how far you'll go, how vulnerable or transparent you will be. And then it's a two-part question. And secondly, how do you take care of yourself in the process of doing that? Because that's sort of a fine line to tell. So it's interesting that you say that because I think I'm just being honest here. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm as vulnerable or transparent as I could be. And I say that just because, okay, maybe there's different levels of transparency. I think when it comes to just like business stuff and like the struggle, like my own dream driving journey when it comes to like career wise, Mm -hmm. I think that like I'm very transparent with that. But I think on a personal front, there are times when like my guests will share very personal things and I'll like want to say something and then I don't say it because I'm like, I don't know, like, do I want people to know this about me? Like, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an audio forever. You know what I mean? Like there have been times where I think that that's something I struggle with. And I know there was an episode that I did in early 2017 where we had this whole converse, had this whole conversation with the guest where she opened up about losing her mother. And we talked about something and I cut the whole part of it out Mm -hmm. because I wasn't yet ready to talk about that. Right. And I think for me, it's to answer the second part of the question, then I'll go back to this is, you have to know when you're ready. And I think that it's all a journey. I don't think anyone should prematurely share things that they're not yet ready to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, Because once you put it out there, people are going to ask you questions and it could be even more overwhelming to get questions about things that you haven't yet processed. Mm -hmm. I think part of making sure you're doing the work is making sure you're like, I don't want to use, this might sound crazy, but I I don't want to just, say things for clickbait right Uh I don't want to just reveal things for clickbait and then not be able to respond to people when they ask me about it so just recently um in December of 2017 I I did a video feature with Elle magazine Uh uh, about me um having a miscarriage um when I was 24 Uh and that was something that took a long time for me to like even talk about publicly, but I really felt like the opportunity was this once, like the way I found out about it, it just seemed too like, like it seemed like it was like God trying to say, Raina, do this right now, right? Like this is your moment to talk about this and to help other people. And that video had over like, well, the last time I checked, it had over 400,000 views on Facebook. Wow, um, yeah. And just the response that I got from people then, and you know, I didn't talk about it until like, what, 18, 20 months later. Mm -hmm. I thought like, I think that was the right timing for me. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who's struggling with being vulnerable or being transparent, don't feel like you have to do it with anyone else's timeline. Because I don't know if I would have been able to have the same type of clarity in responding to people. Because I got people who were like, like, no one said anything bad. But it was interesting how people were like, oh my God, like, I didn't know, right? Mm. And I said, but you wouldn't have known because I wouldn't have told you in the first place. Like, (laughs) like, what do you mean you didn't know? Like, (laughs) I I, I got some, like, crazy, like, I 
think they were just trying to show sympathy, but at the right. same time, I'm just like, listen, I had, I had a man who, this is crazy, it's a whole nother story, but who basically was trying to get me to sleep with him in exchange for putting me on to in the media world right mm-hmm. he had the nerve to use that as a way to to say to me oh my gosh I didn't know this happened to you I wish I could have been a better friend I just blocked I was like what block wow. like, what? right so, you know like there were so many different reactions that I got so right. I knew in the end it helped a lot of people. It helped bring, it helped, you know, bring attention to a certain aspect of that. Cause the video was about the cost of miscarriage. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't talk about like the hospital costs and if your insurance doesn't cover stuff, like it was like that part of the story that I think isn't often talked about. So I know that probably helped bring awareness to um, a topic that many women face, but don't talk about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I knew, like, if, if you had asked me, like, two years ago to talk about this right now, I wouldn't have been able to. So it's all about talking about things when in your time, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, when the opportunity arises and if you feel ready, sometimes just do it although you're scared. Right. Because I was so nervous, and I had to wait, like, two months for the video to air. So mm-hmm. the whole time, I'm here thinking, oh, my God, what did I say? I'm like, what yeah. think? And um, when it came out, like, it was, I was, I was really amazed about how, how nervous I had been and how well it all went afterwards. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm working on it. Cause I yeah. know that by sharing, you definitely can help other people. Um, but yeah, there definitely are parts of my story that I'm hoping to reveal as the show goes on. Uh-huh. You know, you, um, you bring up such good points. There was an article, I think it was last week, or maybe it was NPR, that mm-hmm. talks about sort of like the the intimacy that's connected with the podcast listener um, yeah. when they listen to podcast. And so maybe that was partly what was going on with the with the um, the listener who talked to you about I I should have known or I didn't know that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's it's just so crazy, right? Because people really do feel connected to you, and that's something that I'm learning. And I I love about the medium is like really being able to engage with people and to have a conversation uh-huh. versus when I used to do interviews before. The whole reason why I started podcasting was I didn't feel like people were really getting the the true essence of an interview by me like transcribing it and then typing it out I really felt like there was something to listening to someone tell their story versus reading them reading it afterwards right you're right there is something about the tone of voice you get their Mm -hmm. dialect and all those things you're absolutely correct yeah I like that so what's the future for dreams and drive in the next couple of years or so what are you going to be on the own network what's happening what what Listen, we're going to be on the Dreams and Drive Network. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I just, um, you know, that's a good question because I was just thinking about that today. Um, I think that's one of my big goals for 2018. I think I've been really good at charting out the short-term short-term goals to just continuing building content, building community. But I definitely want to think about what a Dreams and Drive media network could look like, you know, maybe having different shows, maybe having different types of content. So video um uh maybe conferences maybe events 
I don't want Dreams and Drive to just be a podcast. And I think now it's time to put on my strategic hat and really think about how can I leverage this community into other platforms and also like take into it into account like what do the dream dream drivers want like what do they need i think on a personal front i definitely want to build my own brand a little bit more i think that i have like a core group of people who listen listen to me through the podcast but working on like what is going to be my expertise so to say like i feel like that's i like a lot of things and i could talk about a lot of things all day long but i definitely need to tighten up my my personal brand in that regards um, I want to have an event this year because people have been saying they want to meet me and I'm like, why do you want to meet me? I'm just oh regular, right? But I know, but it's just, you know, it's like, listen, I am, I have this little squeaky voice. I am awkward. You know, I, you know, it's just like things like that where I'm realizing going back to one of the questions you asked me, you know, what do I learn about myself? Mm-hmm. I think this podcast has really taught me to embrace who I am mm. because a lot of times growing up, like I was teased as a kid. I was like, although I was very good at, um, you know, academics and I excelled on that front socially, I was teased up until I'm, I'm up until seventh grade, right? People call me WB frog because I had big lips like they would like tease me for being a teacher's pet and goody two-shoes so I think I always had this complex about having to hide behind my talents and shining so to say right so I'm really learning to like embrace that people appreciate me for me Mm -hmm. and these things that you know when I was younger I might have gotten teased for are things that are really helping me shine now. Yes. So I'm embracing it. When people say, Raina, we want to meet you, I say, okay, okay, it's soon come, it's soon come. <laughs> I love it. You know, and those people that were bullying you um, back in the day are probably subscribers at this point. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. That's how it works. Um, oh my goodness. I feel like you have dropped so many gems. Uh, been really good this has felt like very nourishing this conversation with you and this has been fun for me as well yeah so um i'm not gonna take too much of your time because i know your time is precious uh but i do want to ask you before we wrap up what does minding my black business mean to you hmm that's a good one let me think about it what does minding my black business mean to me i think it's the first thing that comes to mind is defining what my black business is right and like so it's like what what is it that I'm guarding what is it that I am holding dear to my heart and knowing that it's special so when I think of minding my black business although it's like staying true I really think of staying true to who I am Mm. not letting other people that whole thing we're talking about in this episode not letting what uh, other people are saying not letting you know what mommy thinks what daddy thinks mm-hmm. not letting what that person's doing really influence my core because i'm minding my black business yes. and you should too yeah. <laughs> i love that <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 you heard it here first and you should too Raina says um so thank you so much Raina, for stopping by and um letting us partake in your wisdom as you sort of tell us how to get this entrepreneurship game together um and believe in ourselves so thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it so much 
This has been a pleasure, Janae. Thank you so much for having me on. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, mindingmyblackbusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know that you're minding my black business.